to Puerto Vista Socialist Club, episode 53. That's right, 53. The 16th prime number. The atomic number of iodine. <laughs> Isn't that right, Ben? You're not impressing anyone. You're, you're absolutely right uh, for both of those. <laughs> um, that's true with my knowledge. Yep, 53. The number that was on Herbie, the fictional Volkswagen. With a life of its own. Oh, look, I, I have to say, you very successfully preempted any criticism of what I was going to give the first th- two seconds of the show, <laughs> which was you saying in episode 53 that a brief pause of me being like, oh no, you didn't think of anything to say about the number 53 in advance. Yep, and the then, number 53, the number of Hail Mary beads on a standard five decade Catholic rosary. Huh. And of course, the most points by a rookie in an NBA playoff game, uh, a record set by Philadelphia's Wilt Chamberlain in 1960. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Have you gone to the Wikipedia page for the number three? So anyway, <laughs> moving on. That's enough of that. Let's get into it. <laughs> oh, we don't have to talk about numbers. That's not the sort of podcast we are. Don't know how you do research. Well, that's you, pretty similar steal. to that. Jeez, first, first you're mad that I have done research. Now suddenly it's the wrong kind of research. Jeez, Alou. Mm-hmm. That's right. 53, 53 stars on the American flag. <laughs> oh, how are you guys? I feel like it's been a week. Not even since, that. Uh, since we have spoken. For some members of the podcast? Oh, no, wait, no. We weren't on the bonus one, were we? That's right. That's right. Fucking you Jesus. You can count to a week. They may as well call me Mr. Wrong, because I have been consistently that uh, for the entire show so far. Oh, dear. And, uh, and how are you, Theo? I'm fantastic. I'm all finished up uni for the semester. Um, oh. I'm, I'm a real human boy. Oh, a big grown-up now. How long yeah. does uni break? About a month. Cool, so I get to see you probably once uh, before you disappear again from my life. Well, let's not overcommit yes. to anything. <laughs> well, we'll see if we can make it happen. Hmm. I understand there was a school disco happening next door just before we, we went on the air. It was. It was about uh, 40 minutes of extremely loud uh, bass notes, which I'm sure the kids are enjoying. What are they, what are they playing at school discos these days? I'm, I'm kind of out of the loop. On the school disco I, scene? I, I don't know. There's nothing recognisable, which is weird because I think, I feel like um, at like school discos, they used to put on uh, music that was all for the mums and dads, mm. which kind of seems like they're running at cross purposes of the whole thing, but uh, could not um, discern any noise except for uh, bass rumbling through my entire rickety house. Assume it was all like Lil Uzi Vert and Young Thug. Probably. I think so. I, I I believe so. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Well, uh, from our experience now, it is uh, stuff like Katy Perry that we'll play at a small children's yeah. disco. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the other thing is it's got to also be at least like five years out of the zeitgeist. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think so. So kids are probably going wild to like firework right now. Oh yeah, no. Uh, oh my yeah, kids, yeah. My kids love that song. They ask for that song. 
And so Elna's constantly like trying to find uh, just pop songs with female singers that the kids like, and she sticks them on uh, her playlist. And then every now and then while we're all in the car on the weekend, they put their playlist on and I'll hear one song and I'll be like, why have you got this song about grinding your asshole against some dude's dick on here? <laughs> and she'll go, what? And comb through all the lyrics. Jesus. But uh, yeah, so it's a uh, modern pop music, eh? You got you to gotta keep your eye on it or your ear, if you will. But uh, I will. we sneak in all kinds of sexually suggestive stuff in this music these days. Because oh, I've always thought that pop music was sort of the province of chaste values. Traditionally. You'd be, you'd be wrong. This is young man, but goes by the name of Elvis Presley. <laughs> you should see him swinging that hammer around. Oh, man. Have you ever seen that video of uh, bloody Elvis Presley and fucking old bloody, what's his name, Frank Sinatra uh, doing a duet together? No. Where, oh man, I'm, if I've confused this with another singer <laughs> from the same time, I'm going to be very embarrassed. Uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure this is real. What's yeah, a, fucking, there's a, a, there was a thing they did on TV in 1960 with the two of them, and it was sort of like a, almost like a, a passing of the torch kind of thing, but as like a concession to young audiences, Frank Sinatra sort of tries out an Elvis style sort of hip wiggle and it's fucking weird and you can just tell Frank Sinatra fucking hates it the whole thing like the crowd is going wild for Elvis and he's sort of like all his body language is like ooh is this fucking old shit and fucking yeah Sinatra's not he's not having a bar of it Uh, it makes for some good watching though Hmm. I do love any kind of celebrity thing where it's very clear that one of them just does not want to be there Mm. oh (laughs) that is the best kind of entertainment very good the like the you know 13th consecutive hour of the press junket kind of kind of interviews yeah someone just gets asked a question for the 6,000th time and they just go I don't fucking care I don't care fucking uh, bloody friend of the show James Colley put me onto this thing that was this brief brief uh US reality TV show called The Marriage Ref. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Invented by Jerry Seinfeld, I believe. Y- yes, right. And early in the first season, um, I think episode three, there's an episode with Larry David, Ricky Gervais, and Madonna. <laughs> and Madonna clearly fucking hates Larry David because he's just saying a bunch of intentionally <laughs> sexist shit. And, like, they are just fighting constantly while Ricky Gervais spends the whole time just being like, what is this TV show? What is the point of this show? This is ridiculous. Why are these people asking celebrities to solve their personal problems? It is uh, uh, 42 minutes and 55 seconds of just entrancing viewing of all these celebrities just like actively railing against the format of the tv show that they have gone on (laughs) and i suppose uh like it's it's very weird the kind of stuff that jerry seinfeld wound up doing post seinfeld that he used all of his influence to do because who gives a fuck about any of that stuff but he also it also means that like he could involve people like that well yeah that's it like 
fucking if someone was like hey do you want to see a show where some fuckhead drives around in a car and then gets a coffee with someone I'm like no fucking of course I don't and then he's like well here's some of the most famous people in the world like, too oh, bad oh god I guess I Ellen was watching Ellen was watching a TV show called um oh my god what was it called like a hundred percent hotter or something like that sounds it's good so far br- it's just like British uh make under show make over make under <laughs> um where where like people go on the show and they go you look like shit you seem like a fucking asshole your clothes are dumb and then they like <laughs> just they cut off all their hair and they make them throw out their clothes and everything but like the- so it is a makeover show uh, I, well there's, yes there's not a make under component it is in the sense that they are they are basically just normifying people uh, so they're right, taking, okay. you know, someone who someone who looks like they go to a lot of like goth raves and shit, and then just going, "You'd look nice in just a a plain dress," you know, from Target, and um, you know, uh, uh, people come in with this wild shit. They're wearing like, "That's not very appropriate for work, is it?" Like, <laughs> just there was some of the some of the broad who was like doing the the crazy because it's British, the crazy fake tan that's so dark that it just looks like blackface, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, with a big blonde wig and titties hanging out and everything. And and yeah, with, with all of them, they're just like, let's just peel all this back and just make you look extremely normal. Let's put you in a polo shirt. Yes, yes, exactly. And the way that they convince these people that this is the right thing to do is that they take an iPad out on the street and they show just random dickheads on the street a photo of of the person who is on the show and they say mm, what would you rate this person out of 10 and they go three oh, no. i rate him a two. Oh, she got too much fake tan three or whatever like that's that's not personally how i would dress and they use that as their justification to say like we asked three people on the street what they think of your look and they said not much is this the one that they then the lady goes back and has a conversation with hal or whatever they've got like this the, the computer from yeah yeah, yeah 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 she goes back and she she talks to this like um huge uh throbbing anus of a light and like <laughs> well Three people said he looked like a bint. What do you reckon, <laughs> Hal? <laughs> is this the, this is the same show, right? I'm not losing my mind. I hundred percent sounds speak. like you are. <laughs> I can't speak this. to that exactly. You might be thinking of the of uh, the British reality TV show Bint Robot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but like, yeah, I just <laughs> I'm just very struck. Old Bint Robot. <laughs> Remake of that classic 80s show, Bint Rider. It's... <coughs> you've killed Theo. You've killed Theo. I don't know. I was just really struck by, like... It just seemed like such a throwback. You know how people are really into, like, the new Queer Eye show? Because it's all because about positivity and feeling yeah, nice. Yeah, it's vaguely off. familiar to me. Yeah, and um, and the 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 whole thing with that stuff is yeah, like you said, just about going. Hey, you should just uh, be able to be comfortable with yourself and feel a bit better about yourself and stuff. And like the entire premise of this show is, we need to make you feel so shitty about yourself that you will totally 
sign over all autonomy about the way you look and act and everything. And part of that is just by by asking like th- three fucking random yahoos on the street who are all the normiest looking fucks in the world that they could pull up and then saying, see, you should change yourselves literally for the opinions of strangers. Yeah, that's, uh, that's and then they deal. make them like put their favorite outfits through shredders and shit. And, and then they go and talk to the robot that looks like the throbbing <laughs> the, the bint robot, yeah. I the, assume they the talk to bot. the bint robot, yeah. Go to bot 5000. What's watched... the what's the name of the show? Are you aware of the name of the show? 100% hotter. Are you going to Google 100% hotter bint robot and then just see what happens? I assume. I assume. Uh, sounds like a yes to me. Hmm. Have you watched the yeah. new Queer Eye? Uh, no. I saw some of the some of the first season. I watched. I've only watched some of the first season as well. And I mean, it's nice. I, I quite like the show. I've I've only not watched it out of. Uh, I just can't be fucked watching TV uh, yeah, shows same. because they they take a really long time. Uh, but it was one thing that really stuck with me from like all of because it is like super positive and it's great the way that they do it. They're like, oh, if you're comfortable doing this, that's great. If you're not, whatever. It's it's all really really nice. Uh, it's lovely. I cried a bunch watching a couple of the episodes, but I was really pissed off with you know the the super good episode, which I think might be the first one with the the like the big redneck dude the that's into classic cars and shit or whatever oh yes yes fucking whatever his name is that uh they all were like super disgusted when he like he offered them the the whole redneck margarita thing which i'm pretty sure was just tequila and like mountain dew or whatever yeah yeah and like all of them were like wow this is disgusting and like tipped it down the sink immediately and it's just like fucking tequila and like a soft drink. You could probably just be polite and drink it and be like, oh, we can maybe put you onto something better. I was so pissed off about that. The man offered you a drink. Be fucking gracious. Oh, I look pretty bad, man. Oh, man, I would drink a fucking million of those. I wish I could have one right now. You don't know what it tastes like. It was several really not great looking things combined. It was two things. No, I'm sorry. It's three. It was like crushed ice, oh, tequila, and Mountain Dew. It's like... Wait, I know what tequila tastes like. I know what Mountain Dew tastes like. And uh, I know what crushed ice tastes like. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, I can both imagine. of those things taste not very great. Imagine what they would taste like combined. Oh, man. Not I had a, a shot of tequila the other day for the first time in ages. And I forgot that I kind of fucking hate the taste of tequila. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> a friend was of mine. good tequila, though, or cheap tequila? I, okay, so I literally don't know because <laughs> uh, I was at... Uh, a bar and a friend of mine was working there and for some reason he realized that he had a hip flask on him uh i honestly he didn't explain anything to me all i know is that he had a hip flask and at one point he walked over the table i was at with two friends and wordlessly each gave us a like a shot glass of quite warm tequila and then just walked (laughs) away (laughs) uh and it was disgusting uh had a wonderful evening though now mix that up with some Mountain Dew. You Look, got I'm on board. I just sensation. feel like if someone offers you a drink, drink it. That's how I'm going to be. It's not very um, safety conscious. I mean, probably if, if someone, did the, uh, someone you know in, the, mm. in a comfortable environment offers you a drink, Look, I'm not telling you how to live you, your entire if, life. If, if someone comes over to you and wordlessly gives you a drink <laughs> that they have for some reason <laughs> smuggled onto a premises full of alcohol... Just drink it. Don't ask any questions. Just drink it. All right. Maybe don't do it under those circumstances, the ones that I was in, but 
Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Anyway, folks, I hear we've had some tax cuts passed. Not quite, but oh, oh, good. It's <laughs> and we're off to a great start. It's never uh, that simple, uh, no. is it? No. Next, next question. <laughs> um, kind of. So, um, I I thought it would be uh, worthwhile just going through this real quick because there's a lot of crazy shit going on at the moment. Uh, everyone's very busy about working out whether or not uh, we should or should not be. Uh, putting uh, children in cages. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think. Uh, where do you fall on that issue? Yeah, well, a lot of a um, lot of he sh- he says she says. I think is the how the saying goes. Um, but uh, over in Australia, um, uh, which is where we are, I'm not sure if people are overseas listeners. We're this is an Australian podcast. Uh huh. L- look it up. Look it up. Um, Where is this going? <laughs> uh, so the Turnbull government has um, passed a uh, $144 billion, uh tax cut package through the Senate. So uh, Australian um, uh, budgetary measures start off in the Senate and they go to the House of Representatives. Um, uh, so this has passed the Senate and it is absolutely disgraceful. Um, and it doesn't seem like... Um, there has been a lot of chatter about it, um, which seems strange uh, because the numbers are absolutely insane. Um, so the way that it kind of comes down to it is um, I kind of want to just touch on the numbers really quickly because they are very easy. Um, they're very understandable uh, numbers and it should be something uh, that, that translates to making you extremely mad uh, because it's made me extremely mad. Uh, and then uh, look at the at how they're actually talking about this, which is always uh, instructive as to how how they want to spin this going into the election. Um, so, uh, for people that aren't aware, Australia's tax system is a progressive tax system. Um, we have a number of brackets, but moving up a bracket doesn't mean that you get taxed at that rate for your entire. Income. It just means that if you pass that bracket, every cent that you earn after that is at the new bracket. Um, so uh, what the um, what the coalition government um, are, are trying to pass um, is a gigantic um, cut to uh, middle and upper um, class Australia, um, and it goes over the next ten years. So they're trying to lock this in uh, into law. Um, to basically make it the next government and the government after that's a uh, problem. Um, right now, what that means is uh, not not a huge amount. They're moving the... Um, sorry, this article's all kind of over the place, so my apologies. Um, yeah, so they're moving the 32.5% bracket from 87,000 to 90,000, 90, which... I mean, everyone above 90 is still going to get a few a few hundred dollars tax cut. Uh, who cares? Um, but eventually, they're just getting rid of the 37% bracket. So that means that everybody between 40000 and $200,000 um, per year um, goes from earning, uh, paying somewhere between 325 to 37% on that range to just paying 325 percent on that range. 
Um, that's where the billions and billions of dollars go. Um, and they say that uh, once it's sort of ramped all the way up, so that doesn't happen until 2028, uh, which is super concerning again because they're just, uh, again, codifying um, um, budget cuts, um, revenue slashing into law for, for years and years to come. Um, once that all comes in, um, it's looking at about $24 billion a year at that point. And again, that all goes to uh, people well above the median wage. Um, and honestly, I, I don't know what, I, I can't, I can't really see how they they can honestly swing this to people. So it's, it's instructive to look at the language that they're using around there this. No, so there is no honest way to do it. There, there is no honest way to do it, right? So the language that they're using around this, so, so Turnbull says it's the most comprehensive reform of personal income tax in a generation. It rewards and encourages enterprise. <sighs> it encourages and enables aspiration. Oh right, so God, just the pulling yourself up by your bootstraps enabled. bullshit. Oh. Um, but Scott Morrison's even worse, our, tre- our treasurer, um, says, as workers earn more and get more opportunities or do extra shifts, they will not be penalised for that, uh, which is him appealing to a particular brand of um, bullshit that people believe that as you move to a new tax bracket, you lose money. The only time that that ever happens is... Um, to my understanding, is when you cross the boundary for the Medicare levy, where you pay two percent for um, our public health care. Right? If you move up a tax bracket, you only start getting, you start paying more tax on that money that belongs in that bracket. Right? So for him to come and say you do extra shifts and you get penalised for it, it's total bullshit. Right? And he's aiming it at middle-class Australia and lower-class Australia, shift workers, um, casual workers, right, all of whom will be receiving next to nothing from these cuts. Yeah, they would, like, basically never even touch those cutoffs, right? Absolutely, right? Uh, There are some... There are... um, There's nine measures in all, right? Some of them do give back a little bit um, to uh, to the bottom, but... It's in the region of, I thought I saw about $130 a year at the bottom, um, all the way up to um, uh, something like three, three and a half grand if you if you earn $200,000, right? Mm-hmm. So again, it's, it's, the entire thing is not just geared um, to um, give uh, more tax breaks to the... Um, upper kind of echelons of, of earnings, right? Um, but to do it disproportionately as well. It's truly brazen. Apparently, in the last round of voting, um, they were only given about 20 minutes of debate, um, to which they said, nope, that's enough, um, and uh, voted for it. And they had all of the numbers because they've pulled in um, the old boat of dipshits of uh, One Nation at the time as well. Um and just gone, well, nope, that's enough of that, and passed it because they have the numbers. Um, but this is this is also something where One Nation have been doing this dance over the preceding months of like saying they weren't going to support them, and then they yes. were, and then they weren't, and then they were. Yes. And yeah, it, do, it, it either comes across as, there's only really two things it can come across as, which is 
Pauline Hanson being so dumb that she can be swayed by any given conversation. And I don't think that's an unreasonable assumption to make. Um, or also that the that they don't give a shit about the effect that it has on anybody at all. And the only thing they care about is whether it will like curry them favor to get their own weird racist shit passed. Well, it's funny. It's funny that you say that um, because it has to come back to uh, her being extremely stupid and uh, bad at politics because, uh, as you said, they backflipped a number of times. Um, uh, They lost a member over it, um, Mm. member defected um, over it. Um, But in the end, they, they supported it. Uh, and said that they did not ask the government for anything in return for her support for the cuts, Pauline Hanson's support for the cuts, but she would continue to push for the government to fund a thousand apprenticeship places. So she didn't even get that concrete. Um, she's just gone, oh, we'll vote for a hundred plus billion dollars of tax cuts today to get the vague promise of goodwill on 1,000 apprenticeships tomorrow. Uh, mm. So she is extremely stupid. Yep. And she isn't crying on the news. Well, and well, like, wasn't the reason that um, Bruce Bilson defected because they had backflipped away from saying that they were going to support yes. the cuts? Ab- absolutely. And he was, he came out and said, I publicly urge, you know, my colleagues, I, you know, when you shake hands with somebody and say, you're going to do a deal, you stick with that deal. We should all do this. You know, we publicly said we were going to, and we believed it was the right thing. And, you know, questioned Pauline Hanson publicly, which led to her having like a literally meltdown. melting down and crying about it during an interview on the news. And, him defecting from the or, or her stating first that she had you know asked asked for his resignation or sacked him from the party and, and demanding that he hand over the senate seat that he's currently in because <laughs> that always happens <laughs> he says uh no um yeah. and then after all of that they've backflipped back to the the way that that guy thought they were going to vote in the first place so yes. they managed to lose a member while also voting on the position that member wanted them to vote on absolutely um, to give um, some measure of um, respect to Bill Shorten, um, he has immediately said that uh, if Labor uh, wins the next election, um, they will uh, revert this uh, to the best of their ability. So that's good. Um, Sydney mm. Morning Herald uh, says that this puts, them, puts him at odds with people that earn 120 grand or more. Uh, who gives a fuck? Um, but yes, um, I, everybody uh, except the coalition thinks that this is a terrible idea, basically. But they don't have the numbers, so what are you going to do? <laughs> You're going to keep pushing that shit on pill of a very, very unpopular policy. And, yep. and and sorry, this isn't... Sorry, my my apologies. This This is not... Uh, what what caused the member to uh, in one nation to defect? Um, that's that relates to the thirty five point six billion dollars remaining of the co- uh, company tax cuts. So this isn't even touching the oh, extra yeah the company ten, tax cuts tens yes. of billions of dollars um, that they want to cut from from company tax. Um, but again, it just it just shows how completely and utterly just bereft of any kind of plan that the liberals have the only thing they can do that's their idea of an economic reform is to just say 
do some tax cuts yeah, because, we'll cut as taxes. we all know, everyone will then spend more money and it will trickle down. It yeah, will trickle and, downward and, over everyone. And you have to hope that in the court of public opinion, um, with with the um, severe damages that that is being done to the um, the high end of commercial town with the royal commission banking. Um, everything else that's going on that that perhaps the worm is turning on this stuff and people go oh tax cuts but are they for me uh no uh, no, they're not and and even if you do even if um if you earn the amount of money that's going to put you in this bracket right hopefully the the you can look at uh people can look at what what's going on with this and what 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 this means for the affordability of stuff and what this means for um, uh, funding for for schools and, and roads and, and the ABC and all of these things that they can't find, um, you know, $100 million for for the ABC, but they can find $100 billion um, Just for... Just chuck back in the pool. For tax cuts at the uh, for, for the people that need it the least. Um, I, I hope that the worm is starting to turn on this, but, you know... Well, they're not doing any better in the opinion polls or anything, are they? No, that that's right. Hmm. Hmm. What's your take on taxes, Ben? I don't like them. Uh, if if I want to drive on a road, I'll build it my fucking self. <laughs> that's right. Oh yeah, like Paint I trust the, the government the to make a library. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off. Oh. Uh. Yeah, and look, as we've said on here before as well, just all this stuff. There's there's just no evidence behind it. the fact that they're, you know, that the liberals are even having those conversations about like privatizing the ABC and shit like that, despite it being an extremely venerated and trusted institution in Australia. Um, you know, most people watch it and get some value out of it. They've done all those polls on it where like it's it's far and away the most trusted news source in the country, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they've done, like, the polling for, like, people that want to privatise it is, like, 13% of people or something. It's, like, nothing. Even, like, mm. uh, bloody, yeah, conservative voters aren't really, well, aren't that often for it. It's, uh, I think it's strange. Yeah, pu- it's purely the nutters. Like, it's just, I don't think people understand how good it is to have actual money going towards a... a journalistic institution that is not profit motivated well I mean you can see you can see in Australia's newspaper industry how much of a hit they've taken from downsizing and everything like I I can say without any exaggeration that like once they announced was it um pretty sure it was Fairfax where they announced that they were just like cutting back their number of sub-editors by some mammoth number and they were going to start having like centralized sub-editing instead of like sub-editors in local offices yeah um and it and it was like almost from that point on very noticeably they just started to constantly appear like just typos and missing words out of things in in print and online just all the time and it's like it's you can really tangibly see like the impact on the product of the resources that are continually getting pulled out of them as they downsize and i think the same thing goes for um same thing goes for free to air tv 
in Australia, you know, where the more money comes out of them, the more they say, oh, we better save money by just putting on like reruns of 10 year old reality shows and like pumping out all the fucking things they have on all those like, um, let's make a deal type shits, you know, all the, what's the, what's the one? <laughs> I have no idea what you're do? talking about. <laughs> Like just just the game shows and shit they have on free to air TV. Um, the one know, with the, the briefcase, and you've got to go. Uh, this the, the golden briefcase is. Yeah, one. and you go. No, I think there's money in this one. And you go wrong. It's a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, uh, that that one is something of a guilty pleasure for me. Uh, just but, you know, the people's the faces have... when they get the gun is. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> um. What's what's the one where like the the person stands next to the host <laughs> down the bottom of like this big runway type thing? The chaser. Lights up. The chaser. No, not the chaser. The chase, of course. The so. chase. What yeah. the fuck yeah. is this? And they and they have these. Yeah, and they've got this and they've got this um, stern, uh, absolute unit sitting at the top of the board. Um, big which big they're, stern they're, British unit lady. Yeah, yeah, and or, or the big stern British unit man. They don't discriminate, um, but they're both just stacked into this suit um like but they're both they're barely both like, able to contain their frown they're both like c-grade nobodies doing like pantomime level characters oh it's it's so good like the, i'm sold actually i can't even <laughs> picture what it is that you guys are describing oh mama i'm gonna send you a fucking clip because it's, i i'm just staggered by the fact that like this is the kind of programming that they consciously choose to spend their money on it's like, like the kind of bants from um from the weakest link but one-on-one well i was gonna say like it's it's exactly the same formula as the weakest link r.i.p lady from the weakest link who oh, died, she died last week yeah yeah what last died week after a long long uh, battle with cancer a couple of weeks ago, ago. ago i think yeah but yeah very recently Bit sad. But yeah, that that lady. Where again, it's it's this. It's a game show, and you have a person on there who's playing like the character of the mean person who doesn't want you to win the game show for some fucking reason. I think it comes out of their salary, actually. So it's they're not protected. <laughs> Every night they go home to their family. And they're like, I'm "So sorry, one of you is going again. to school." <laughs> I um, tried to berate them, but they snuck through. But yeah, just the just the quality of it where I'm just like, what is this? It's it makes me think of like um it makes me think of the kind the kind of like uh variety show type shit they had on TV in the States in like the seventies, except we're doing it now in prime time, you know? Oh man, the variety show stuff on the seventies, what was the one fucking show that was really good where it was like the I don't know. It was like a fill-in-the-blank style game, and it was just like all these people from like sixties and seventies that were clearly, like, completely hammered, just being like <laughs> dick and balls, <laughs> and then like the host just being like, "Oh, ooh, you can't say that on TV." I love that like thirty percent of this show has just been us trying to remember the names of TV shows. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Fate Memory of Entertainment. <laughs> You're not getting the podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> Look, we sure forget that- it for you wholesale. <laughs> people are going <sighs> to gonna write in and tell us what they are. Don't worry. I, I, hope, point, I hope that people write in and tell us what that show is that I was talking about. I looked it up and I know, but I'm not going to dispel the mystery. Okay. Not well, crazy. Um, the big anus computer. Um, 
But yes, looping back around to the actual point, that when you see the things that the faltering free-to-air TV networks and uh, and the newspapers in this country that are all slowly yeah. shrinking... When you see to... Milo being interviewed on morning TV... Yeah, all that kind of thing. It does make you very glad that there is a publicly funded broadcaster that is making uh, content of a consistent quality. And doesn't have just the doesn't just have the automatic sort of craven motivation of profit. You know, I realize that there are types of entertainment and situations where the motivation of profit, like, you know, creates a a type of product that is really appealing to tons of people. I'm thinking of things like the, you know, the peak of pop music production and uh, big popcorn movies and shit like that. But the problem is, you know, in, in the Australian industry, like in our TV and our, like in our um, TV and newspaper industries and stuff, when people aren't capable of producing that kind of thing and the profit bleeds out, then the product just takes such a downhill slide that if those were the only things we had available, we'd all be having a shit time. So I'm really looking forward to all these new reality shows. There's one where, where people who all work together do a dance competition like so you think you can dance with the people you work with that sounds bad (sighs) fucking looks bad it all looks bad every time there's a commercial for one of these Eleanor is just like oh my god yes what are you you doing watching anything with commercial is this a thing that happens when you have kids well I thought it was the thing that happened when you got married but here we are we just watched Netflix yeah I, uh, no, Eleanor started watching some reality shows a while ago and it's just opened a floodgate. She's never really done it before and she's like, I need to be able to talk to the other people I know who watch these things. And that I feel like that excuse is given way and now she's just but <laughs> They just are sort of vaguely compelling because like, I have to sometimes watch them for work. Like, I think I am meant to. Uh, I just have kind of stopped because no one started yelling at me when I stopped writing articles about them. But uh, they maybe haven't noticed yet. But like... When you do watch them, there's this weird, like, they have just hyper-accelerated into the way that you would make fun of them. So when people are like, oh, like, you know, even like five years ago, whatever, The Bachelor was like, oh, oh, I bet maybe there's some hanky-panky going on behind closed doors. And now they are just straight up like, welcome to Fuck Island. (laughs) Like, and there will just be like a five-minute montage of like just asses, like... Men's asses, well, women's well, you asses. Say, you say that, but um, I think a lot of people might be forgetting um, how rambunctious the first season of Big Brother was. In oh Australia. man, I, mm, I, I feel like turkey slap we have that. discussed the turkey slap before on the podcast. No, no, I'm not even talking about the the turkey slap. That Are you talking like about a... the time people uh, fucked in the hot tub? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, so, so like, because that was that was many seasons later that the turkey slap, right? And that was just a. a uh, a weird blip on the on the radar, but to me, it should have occupied more space on the radar. Honestly, <laughs> I'm thinking like you know in the movies where Godzilla goes underneath the submarine and they have no idea what's happening. That's the but, size um, it should have been. I, I think before people um, realize what a cultural juggernaut it was going to be um, in the first season, um, everyone would just get like totally nude going in the showers. Right, like later on, or, or almost immediately in the second, like third season, they all just started wearing bathing suits, right? But like in in the first season, it was like the nude house, and then you'd have so you'd have um, the nude house at seven o'clock, 
right? <laughs> and that's when they have everything pixelated like The Sims, right? Oh, and, and then, then you had oh, the, the, they had the, yeah. the adult with, one. With, with um, uh, God, uh, um, all I can think well, of is Jermaine Greer, but I'm pretty certain Jermaine Greer didn't host... Gretel uh, Colleen? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll forget that, everything was, for you on this show. Right? That was Nude House After Dark. Uh, was that what it was called? Big Brother After Dark? It was like Big Brother Adults Only, I'm pretty sure, or something. Yeah, which something I like very directly violated by being like 12 and watching it and being like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I get sure. to see some people frotting. This is fantastic. <laughs> see dicks and titties. Uh, actually, oh, yeah. uh, I watched it specifically because uh, <coughs> there was a a sequence of programs on a Thursday evening that went... Uh, this was at the time when Stargate wasn't airing. It was uh, The oh, Big no. Brother, Adults Only, <laughs> uh, then Jag, then Farscape. Oh, man. Just a, a wonderful evening of just like sort of vague nudity. Just the worst fucking show, but I, I wasn't going to do anything else for an hour, so of course I fucking watched Jag and then into some solid Farscape. I feel like uh, people who grow up with like on-demand stuff are never going to understand. Having to sit through Jag? The most. <laughs> well, yeah, just, just that whole thing of like... They will not understand having to sit through Jag. Well, and, and, no, and let's not make this broader to... or less specific. Kids these just days jag. will never understand having to sit through Jag. Who just... watched that show... On purpose, who you. are the fucking people? No, that was I, I, I that was collateral like, damage. I, You're passively I like, taking in jag. Maybe like thirty-four-year-old electricians. I think that's that's the. Uh, what's compelling about that show? He's a lawyer, but a lawyer of the sea. Yeah, he's on a boat. Wait, was he naval or air force? Because naval. I, I said this on the podcast the other day, and I said naval, and I thought I might have got it wrong. All right, it is naval. But so oh, I was looking this up the other day. So that's a weird thing about. The U.S. military is that their whole judiciary branch for the military is in the Navy? Is that right? Maybe it is. Okay. Yeah, they're the ones that put the fringe on the flag as well. And that's oh, where that's most why, of their law comes from. That's why Tom Cruise has the, the white uniform and a few good men when he's, when he's grilling Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I feel like Marines. I'm not is making that? this up. Judge Advocate General. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking at this. You feel guys like you can might talk be. about something else if you want. It's fine. All right, we're switching gears, folks. You may know of a little, little strange Kermit-voiced man named Jordan Peterson. And uh, I saw a little clip earlier today that I felt that I just had to share with the good people of the show. It comes to us via um, a friend of the show, Peter Norway, who is a parody of uh, Peter Sweden, of course. You can find him on Twitter at Classic Liberal with a three for the, for the E. Lib3 rule. And uh, he had this clip of Australian comedian Jim Jeffries interviewing Jordan Peterson on his show. Making people bake a cake for a gay wedding. Making them do it? Yeah. I don't think that's a very good idea. But here's the argument. So should they be able to deny making a cake for a black couple if they don't like black people? Allowed to? Probably. That doesn't mean it's right. Okay, so then we had the civil rights movement. Yep. where they said black people, we had to serve them in your restaurants and yep. stuff like that, and it did work, and it did make our society better, but would yep. you argue that that still wasn't right? No, that was right. Why, why is that different to now if you didn't want to make a cake for black, black people? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not different. Yeah. Maybe I was wrong about that. 
And I, I could not help just be staggered by that clip. I mean, as someone pointed out, you know, full props as small as it can be for him going, oh, no, that actually I might be wrong on this. But like... I retract um, those props. I, I don't give him. I retract props. those props because he's not going to abide by them, and I bet he will still no, trot abso- out the same talking points sure. at a later date. Sure, Ab- absolutely. But also, as Peter pointed out, um, uh, is this the first time you're hearing of this? Is this like the <laughs> first does time it hearing take about Jim civil Jeffries rights? to point this out to you? Well, I oh, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they were, because none of the things he talks about correlate to real life in any fashion. He's like. He's all about abstract concepts that make nerds feel good instead of actually tackling ideas as they relate to real people. Sure. Well, I think, um, yeah, I I had the same reaction, Ben, where I I think that, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not that inclined to sort of uh, give him a big pat on the back for that one because, like, number one, he's been backed into this corner of a of an extremely simple argument which is you know when, when you're talking about things like the which he has talked about before things like should you be forced to you know use someone's um, preferred pronouns or should you be preferred to serve someone at your establishment who is of a gender that you don't approve of or think exists or whatever um, and somebody just saying, well, should you also be able to discriminate against someone on the basis of any of these other forms of being a minority and having them go, oh, I guess when you say it like that, it sounds like bigotry. Yeah, you, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're right. Like, unless he, it doesn't matter unless he turns around and starts going, no, hey, guys, we need to, we need to change on this, right? Like, we need well, yeah, to I- make a change. I think the, the two to. reasons, the two reasons that I yeah wouldn't want to give him a pat on the back about it is number one, he even in that position, the best he can manage is maybe I'm wrong about that. It's it's not even saying, you know, you're you're right, you're right, and I can't argue with that. It's maybe I'm wrong, which which when you Do sort of consider voice. his <laughs> me maybe you're wrong, <laughs> uh, which yeah when you when you Sounds consider like Homer it in, impersonating Apu. <laughs> um, yeah, when you consider it in the context of his usual sort of deal of either rapid fire answering questions with other questions to avoid having to actually give any kind of direct response about something, or insisting that you've been misinterpreted or misquoted or any of that sort of thing, then backing all the way up to well maybe I was wrong. It's not even saying. I was wrong. That's it. Saying sure. perhaps I was, and perhaps I was not. Only time will tell. So there, but, Theo, take that yeah. for giving begrudging mild props to someone. You that's fuck. That's right. That's right. Don't do it. But uh, but yeah. Also, I think that you know I did see some people saying, "Oh, well, that's not a thing that he talks about a lot of the time." But like, the vast majority of what he does talk about is the natural order of the world and how people shouldn't be, you know, made to feel bad for wanting things to be a certain way and the natural and the right and good yeah. way. You shouldn't be called a bigot or anything for and doing And he's definitely put things. a lot of energy into dehumanizing uh, gay people um, in a lot of 
what he talks about in, in you know, the, the destruction of the family. Oh, yeah. Well, I saw garbage. something just before we started recording, which was a video where someone was, well, he was responding to the question of, do you support same-sex adoption? He was, and he called uh, the a mother, a father, and children the minimal, minimum viable unit for a working family and that anything that doesn't have those components is detrimental to the child. Uh, which, again, I mean, like, it's, it's weird for the logic warriors... You know, almost as if they're not interested in researching this uh, or finding out what's actually true about this. You know, if they looked into the actual science of it, you'd find, oh, no, actually, the kids do um, fantastically in these sorts of uh, households on, yeah, a, on a statistic measure. The same, if not better, and oftentimes, uh, any times that they have had uh, slightly negative outcomes have been from the fact that they receive, like, the trauma they get from the bigotry their parents receive, but but he's not he's not interested in like it, it's so. Um, I, I think telling of the of the kind of um, world that we inhabit as far as these these guys go that that the that Jordan Peterson can appear can give the appearance of being logical and intelligent and all that sort of stuff because there's too much going on right there there are too many things there are too many factors going on so if he can pick and choose his battles. And pick and choose the kind of reality that he constructs for him himself and all of the very strange people that that um, listen to him. It doesn't matter that you can have criticisms here and there, um, even if they are um, absolutely irrefutable, um, because by that point he's already on to the next thing. It doesn't matter. I, I guess I guess you're you're right. Maybe I was wrong. You know, doesn't matter. On to the next thing. Onto the next insane piece of shit. Yeah, and like I said, you, you don't get the sense that there's any actual concession there or any actual inward examination of anything. It's just, like I said, onto the next thing. It's onto the next speech. It's onto the next debate. And, you know, at a certain point as well, I think that once you start to occupy that territory of, a, like, a glorified thinker, public, public persona glorified thinker, um i think a lot of a lot of that like debate club type shit does start to get into the realms of like this is this is a sport oh for sure this is a point scoring exercise this is you know thought experiments and all this kind of thing and and the problem is when you become the head of the kind of movement uh or the kind of support that he has garnered Mm -hmm. you're talking about impacts on on people's very real material existences by by giving all of that sort of support to people who think that it's all right to say well well, it should only be a man and a woman that are married and stay married and have one child and i should be able to call trans people whatever i want or refuse to acknowledge their existence and i shouldn't have to you know serve someone who is of a of a different look or a different origin to me and at the end of the day, that's what a lot of his shit boils down to. Don't make people feel bad about believing in the supremacy of Western society. And I don't think it's good. No, it's no shall good, we, uh, Shall we take a couple of letters before we get out of here? Certainly. Please. The mailbag. Uh, wife of the show, Connor Stokes. Hi, Connor. Uh, he asks... Since we're talking about William Gibson, 
whose posts have been ruined the most by letting Trump and Russia colonize their brain? What formerly good source of content do you miss the most? That's a good question, actually. I think so many. I mean, William Gibson might have to be my one for this because I genuinely think that dude is fucking fantastic and it is, like, jarring in my brain all the time to be like, um, man, is that... Are you really... Uh, yeah, he's there, you know, retweeting. Uh, uh, retweet this if if you think that Trump belongs in Slytherin. Yeah, and that's very frustrating. You'd think he would be... <laughs> he, of all people, would be slightly more credulous than that. I thought his standards would be higher, to be quite honest. Because he gets how the internet works, sort of. I, I don't know. He's just such a savvy person about a bunch of other things that it was just kind of weird. It's a bit of a downer. I would, go, I would like to go in the other direction with this, um, as opposed to... I mean, I, I, I get that the question is more along the lines mm. of... It sounds what, like you're about to make content. a decision to not answer the question. Yeah, but, but, I'm, I'm, but I'm answering, I'm given answering that Andrew is a big James Woods fan... <laughs> yes, it's been extremely yes. disappointing. Oh, I, well, I do like some old James Woods movies, man. Come on, fucking Videodrome. Oh. Gotta watch Videodrome now and know that this guy's. Uh... You know what? I think I had anyway. consciously in my brain uh, erased the fact that that was James Woods. Hmm. Now I can't enjoy it anymore. No, so I'm, I'm still going to enjoy Videodrome. My 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 actual answer is that like. I, I think that um, I think that things just going so wildly out of control with Trump and all of that sort of stuff and like you know people being absolutely nuts about all the Russia conspiracy theory stuff I think with all of that going so wildly out of control it has also ruined plenty of what were formerly like kind of uh, guilty pleasure content for me and I'm thinking of people like um, people like Eric Garland you know, where like at one point it was it was just kind of funny to read his sort of goofy, stupid, I'm pretending to be a Natsec guy posts. And now it's just like every other day he's having like a fully fledged mental breakdown online. And I don't enjoy that. That's not <laughs> that's not for me. There's just a whole bunch of people like him, like all the different sort of weird Twitter grifters and stuff like that where you know, it was funny for a bit at first, and now they've all just gone way too far, way too far down the rabbit hole. I mean, even people like Roseanne, you know, mm. the, the fact that there are people like her who, who have millions of Twitter followers and a massive audience, and she is just full on a QAnon conspiracy nut. Yeah, that's me and uh, Randy Quaid. Yep. And I mean, like... Still got a big soft spot for him, though. Yeah, and, and also, I suppose it's it's worth making the minor distinction that I think it's reasonable to say that for James Woods and Randy Quaid and Roseanne Barr, that these are all people who have not been in the prime of their careers for some time. These are all people who have not been putting out a stream of good content that has then made me go... Bleh. Oh, you haven't been a big fan of the... Uh Requaidnessence? Uh, <laughs> is that what, I, I is think, that what he calls it? Well, that's what us Quaid heads are calling it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's some pretty good stuff uh, lately. I, I, I bet, I, I think if I pulled up his IMDb page, he would probably not have been in a single film for the last five years. 
I wonder what it's like at family reunions with him and him and Dennis Quaid. And the other one. Old Joey Quaid. Oh, there's a there's a third Quaid, isn't there? <laughs> third is, is secret Quaid. Uh, previously <laughs> believed not to have existed by scientists. Cher. I think Cher is <laughs> last name is Quaid. Cher Quaid. Cher Quaid. Oh, oh, hmm. Jesus Christ. I was just Googling Quaid. Uh, let's there's there is another Quaid. I swear it. I've seen it. The third Quaid is not a myth. Um, uh, relatives. Oh, just this one. Oh, fucking all right. Well, hey. Yeah, fucking Have okay. you ever heard of a movie called The Long Riders? No. From 1980. It's a Western. Uh, about the origins, exploits, and the ultimate fate of the Jesse James gang. Right? Uh, it's by Walter Hill. Who everybody who listens to this will know as my my dear sweet love Walter oh. Hill. He made the made the Shut Warriors. Up. You know what? Uh, just the other day, I watched. Uh, I was watching a videotape of the Warriors, which has the original opening title before the uh, the re-release that Walter Hill redid them in the like comic book style one, the, like comic panel thing. Yeah, yeah. The fucking original opening is so much better. It's so fucking good. Oh no, the comic thing sucks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he made so many good movies. And he made this movie, The Long Riders, about the Jesse James gang. And in this, um, all of the different gangs who are real figures, who are all brothers, are all played by real life brothers. <laughs> uh, so he has Jesse James and <gasps> the Frank Carradines. James. The All three Jesse Carradines. James and Frank James played by James Keach and Stacey Keach. He has all three Carradines as the, the younger gang. Even the David secret Robin Carradine. Carr. That's incredible. <laughs> Ed Miller and Clell Miller, played by Dennis and Randy Quaid. Uh, Christopher Guest and Nicholas Guest as Bob and Charlie Ford. My goodness. What a, what a fun bit of stunt casting that is. That's Holy such shit. a good idea. Christopher Guest is in Christopher Guest, Christopher Guest. That's yeah. wild. That's Just pretty cool. A wild bit of casting. Of course, it's got Walter Hill favorite James Remar, who you may recognize as Ajax from The Warriors. Or you might recognize as... Uh, the guy that plays Raiden in Mortal Kombat 2. That's right. But not Mortal Kombat 1. No, that was uh, the much more appropriately cast French guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. It was, it was Christopher Lambert, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad you pronounce it the correct French way. Because I don't. Uh, and I forget. And every single time I'm like, James Lambert. Oh, well, I don't, <laughs> say, I don't say Christophe, which is his actual name. If you watch, like, uh, that very early Luc Besson movie, Subway. Ah, the one with the roller skates in the tunnels. He's got sweet bleach blonde hair and a trench coat. And he's uh, credited as Christophe Lambert. Didn't we just find out that Luc Besson is a sex pest? Oh, fuck, I hope not, really. I am pretty certain we did. Because of the victims, obviously. Uh uh Uh-huh, that's definitely why you made that. (sighs) Man... Luke Besson accused of rape. That's that's not good. Yep. Welcome to Montevista Socialist Club. Uh, Australian <laughs> podcast about... Uh, Reality TV. And finding out that um, someone who directed some of your favourite movies has been accused of rape. Hmm. It's... Uh, uh, ugh. Ooh. Ooh. Anyway, folks, 
Uh, Jesus well, Christ. I feel like, I we feel can't like we end gotta, on that note. I think we've got to take another question before yeah, we... Yeah, surely. Uh, God, I'm sorry. The, the audience in particular. <clears throat> hmm. Uh, hmm. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. It's a good one. Um, friend of the show, Pino Gringo. It's <laughs> a good name. That's, that's a good one. Uh, asks, who are the most and least fuckable world leaders in your opinions? Wow. Hmm. Look, I'm going to have to say least Benjamin Netanyahu. Are you putting him over like Trump? Are you putting him over Kim? Yes. Yeah. Wow, okay. Are you going to give a reason for that? or? I mean, I feel like it's sort of... I feel like it's relatively oh, I'm self-evident. Sorry, I'm... <sighs> sorry? Relatively self-evident, I thought. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm trying to rack my brain for a most. Uh, I, think, uh, I think people that we could agree are empirically attractive. Uh, like, say, uh, Jacinta Ardern of New Zealand. She's a nice-looking lady, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, um, just had a baby today. First uh, head of state in the oh, not head of state, sorry, because she's she's not uh, in New Zealand, but first leader of a country uh, to have a a child while in office, or to give birth to a child while in office in thirty years. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, apparently, she she drove herself to a public hospital. Uh, actually, I no, maybe her husband. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I just know that they took her own car. There was no like we didn't have any sort of public escort or anything like that. Went to a public hospital, uh, and uh, yeah, it's all done there. It's pretty cool. Well, what about uh, um, we got any uh, Xi Jinping heads in the in the crowd? <laughs> any pingers? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, is the crowd that you're asking the question us? No, I mean, right in. It's more uh, of a rhetorical folks. Yeah, I, I, You know what? I want to put the heat back on our listeners because I feel like this is a fraught question uh, and mm. I yeah. think anyone that isn't us but is listening to the show should answer it. Hmm. Um, I, I, I'm just going to throw one out there, which oh. is I was very surprised recently to see um, a Ben Garrison political cartoon. We all know extremely uh-huh. cooked dickhead Ben Garrison. And there, was a, there was a drawing of Angela Merkel in in his cartoon and she had like big old titties bust, <laughs> busting out of her shirt and so I was then like, you went to check and I was no, and, I, and I made a joke about it I was like ah that that feature of Angela Merkel's that we all know and love her big naturals and somebody then immediately sent me a recent photo of Angela Merkel with like just absolutely wild uh, cleavage hanging out of a dress just popping just voluptuous and and i was like what do you know angela's big naturals huh. on it. so you know it, um she certainly like went up some notches in the fuckable book i guess for me personally <laughs> if Jeez. that's welcome to buddha vs socialist club uh <laughs> this is the last episode uh, it was wonderful to have you all along for the ride but what a way to go out uh we tried our best every step of the way until maybe the last five to ten minutes of the last episode. Hmm. Do we 
Do we need to take one more question? Is that what's going on here? Look, I reckon let's try one more. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Thanks for a great question, by the way. Uh, it's definitely not on <clears> you. Hmm. <throat> hmm. Uh, hmm. Well, yeah, just definitely putting it on me. <clears throat> uh, friend of the show, Chip Malfunction, says, Hey, gang. I was just... La- uh, I think that's Rob. I think that's Rob. That is Rob. That's Rob. He's a, he's a lovely Rob. young man. We were going to get a matching mm. tattoo together when I was in the States, and then I, I ran out of time. Oh. Well, that's on you. Don't uh, friend money. of the show, <laughs> friend of the show, Rob, says, Hey, gang, I was just listening to the episode where you made fun of Caleb Bond for his idiot opinions on job having. Plainly, he's never actually had a job. Could you spend some time imagining what a bloodbath it would be if he had to work for a day in his life? Oof. Hmm. Oof. Um, I have asked myself, what does like an average week for Caleb Bond look like? Because he seems to produce a, like one column every several weeks, but he's also busy like feverishly beavering away in a newsroom that whole time. I think I think at least three hours a day are spent um, putting on suspenders. <laughs> and another three hours on the tail end is spent taking off suspenders again. And somewhere in between, um, he writes a uh, writes some article about how um, political correctness means that you can't smoke in a maternity ward anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's his whole thing. It's complaining about uh, things that he was never even privy to in the first place. Hmm. Hey, uh, Ben, we got a crime pass this week. Oh, goodness gracious. That's a wonderful question. Um, you fuck a world leader. Oh, God, no, don't. That's no, not, not no, a crime pass. No. Uh, no. That's a good point. What have we talked about? Reality TV shows. Fuck Island. Mm-hmm. Way too much about them. Uh, I think we talked probably the perfect amount about it. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to go for it. Uh, I think... Shoplifting. <laughs> this week's cry pass is shoplifting. <laughs> if you see okay. something at a Coles or Woolworths and you think, oh, I'd like to have that, but that's seven or eight bucks for a small yeah. food item. I can't fucking afford that. Treat yourself. Just grab it. Uh, yeah. Fucking put it in your pocket. Uh, hide it in your jumper if you're wearing one. You've got lots of layers on because it's winter. Uh, if you're doing self-serve, mm. just don't scan it. Uh, yeah, Classic. A bunch of different ways you could do it. Have it in your hand, and then as you're going through the checkout, be like, oh, I picked this up at another shop. They don't give a fuck. Just fucking hmm. take something. One of my Remember friends... in the 90s, it was cool to shoplift, and Winona Ryder was... She was doing it. She was doing it. And if she and guess who's cool, back? And in a big Winona way. Ryder, yeah. 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 Winona Ryder. Shoplifting. <laughs> a friend of mine used to exclusively shoplift uh, protein bars, because she was, she was starting to work out a bunch. She couldn't afford protein bars, so she was like, fuck it. I'm just stealing these. And she did. Uh, I wholly endorse it. Don't do it from uh, small mum and pop operations, obviously. Even, I don't know, I think some IGAs are run as franchises. I don't fucking know. But if it's a Woolworths or a Coles or an Aldi, get in there, take some shit. Uh, That also goes for Coles and Woolworths run uh, servos and stuff. That's fine as well. Cool. Well, that's just made sure that this is the last episode. So (laughs) thanks, everybody. Yep. I don't think it's a crime to tell people to commit crimes. Unless the crime is violent, then it is a crime. 
uh, which Alan Jones was found guilty of, I believe. Well, inciting violence, yeah. 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 Well, he's a big piece of shit, isn't he? Oh, massive turd in a horrible suit. Yep. So that's it, folks. We're going to leave you there. Uh, don't forget, you can always get bonus episodes over on patreon.com forward slash Bunta Vista. You can go and buy a shirt, maybe. BuntaVista.com forward slash merchandise. Mm-hmm. Is the maybe a lovely little uh, beer cooler. That's true. Maybe we'll, we'll get back to that in the summer. If you're in the States, though, it's beer Do o'clock. It Never been a better time. I'm still using the, the coolers right now because I don't want to put a cold can in my hand. I want a layer of ventilation, baby. That's fair. That's right. Great. All right. Well, we'll see you folks later on in the week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.